All right, just a quick mic check. One, two, one, two. Yeah, I'm here. Here I am. This is the bedrock of reaching financial freedom. It's really the bare minimum for seeing progress with your finances. If you have bigger goals of ever being debt-free and all this stuff, this is the cost of admission. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And and we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches. And we help millennial married couples improve how they manage money together and strengthen their marriage. Because let's face it, mixing money and relationships is hard. How do I talk to my spouse without having an argument? How do we get on the same page? How do we have confidence in our financial future? In this podcast, we'll help you answer all of these questions so you can set your finances and marriage up for success. And focus on the more important things in life, like quality time with each other and living a life of purpose. Welcome to today's episode of the Rad Money Podcast. We are sharing some tips today about overcoming the obstacles that get in the way when budgeting with your spouse. Yes, this is something that that people are really interested in. And we're going to be going over what Rebecca said. And I think maybe if there's a subtitle to this, how to make it enjoyable and avoid a fight with your money. Yeah, this is a really big one, guys. We know that just from the couples that we've coached, from our personal journey as a married couple, we know that so many people struggle with this. And there's a lot of research and articles about it as well. And so in a lot of couples, there are just some objections to even budgeting together. But there's definitely some obstacles that a lot, if not every married couple has to learn how to overcome or be on the lookout for because these pitfalls can really be make or break for you. And so we're going to kind of get into what those reasons are. But before we do that, we really want to start with the first pitfall. One of the biggest obstacles to being successful budgeting as a couple is feeling as though it's not important for both people to be involved in the budgeting. But we're here to say that that is absolutely incorrect. It's just wrong, unfortunately. You can be somewhat successful with just one person doing it, but it will never be as good as when you're both at the table and budgeting together. And that brings us to pitfall number two, which is not getting each other's buy-in. Yeah, well, I think really the first and most important thing to consider here when it comes to budgeting with your spouse is that you guys are making the the decisions that you're making for your life. How are you going to spend the money so that you can have the month that you want to have to start to get closer and closer to the life that you want to have in the future? And if you're not both there at the table having a conversation about your money, then How do you think that both people are going to buy into the plan? You really need the buy-in here that your spouse is going to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. We should save 20% of our paychecks this month. Like, how are you going to get your your spouse to get involved in that conversation and buy-in if they aren't there to begin with with the initial conversation? Yes. And so like you're saying, and this is really pitfall number three, this actually segues perfectly. Uh, Pitfall number three is that you're not working on communication. And when it comes to managing on your, your money together, budgeting together, um, it's just so critical. And that's going to be an upcoming episode. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but like you're saying, conversation, that's really the biggest reason why this is so important, as we know, as a married couple. And so like you're saying, conversation, yeah. that's, that's really the biggest reason why this is so important. As we know, 
is a married couple for six years together for 10. Communication is the thing that you are always going to be working on in your relationship. And that's true for us. It's true for everybody. Yeah. And there's layers to it and there's levels to it. But the communication specifically around finances in particular is really the reason it's important is just for what you're saying of being able to communicate about a plan and what is the expectation and what are we going to do and, you know, how are we actually going to execute? So what's the expectation and how are we going to execute? Right, Those right. things, if there's not communicated about effectively, then you're going to fall short of whatever your goals are, even individually, but also also as a couple because you are in this life together. You know? Right. I mean, money, money is just... It's the way that the world runs and it's the way that your life is run without money. You're not going to be able to pay the bills. Your lights aren't on in your house. You might not be able to live in a house if there's, well, you won't if there's no money. So like Mm -hmm. you have to really think about how your money's being used. It comes down to the conversation should be about everything. I mean, the small stuff, like you might think to yourself, oh, like the small stuff doesn't matter, but small things add up over time. So that's something to consider why you want to be talking about the small details in your your budget. But also like, you know, if you're going to go buy a car, that's a big financial decision and you don't want one person making that. That in, that affects both people in in the relationship. So you want to make sure that everybody's in agreement and that there's no no argument or or frustration or any negative emotion around those major decisions as well. Yeah, from the small details all the way up to the big decisions and I think really even just being able to communicate about the small things helps you to be able to communicate about the big things uh-huh. and, and vice versa, right? So you just really want to start to flex this muscle of learning how to talk about money and communicating with your spouse about it. People tend to be very timid about that because they don't want to start fights. And we're going to talk more into this, obviously, like our whole platform now is really focused on married couples. Uh-huh. And so we are going to be providing you with more tools and insights on how to have these conversations without them being triggering. Um, but the, the thing is, is you really just have to start to work at it, at it and be, realize that you're going to get better at it over time. So it might be a little bit messy at first, but that's the thing. You're in a marriage, so you work through it. Right. And you get better with it together. You grow together. Well, and the truth is no conversation. Like Rebecca and I are never 100% on the same page, and we're going to have different opinions about certain things. So there, there's the point of the conversation is to make sure that my voice is heard and Rebecca's voice is heard and that we're going to find some some agreement and... It's going to be, there's going to be some figuring it out. Like it isn't as if these conversations are perfect, but it's like, well, like Rebecca said, we'll, we'll talk about how to have productive conversations and avoid the the unnecessary arguments. But it is a matter of like, when we sit down and have a conversation about the budget, I might feel like certain things are important. Rebecca's going to feel like other things are important. And that's, that's actually really, that's why it's valuable to have both people there. Exactly. And, you know, life is a negotiation. I mean, you could really even look at it as like, you know, we sit down and we meal plan and Dylan wants usually some sort of like Asian dish, some sort of noodles. <laughs> yeah, give me or, some peanut noodles. <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, Dylan's all about it. And I always want Tex-Mex, you know. And so like that's a, co- a constant compromise, right? And like we're oh, all, I don't or, think not Tex-Mex compromise, is ever a compromise. Not, you're trying to decide like what do, you, what do we yeah. want for our meals for the week, right? right? And you have wants and I have wants. And so we're like, okay, well, we can have this, that. Three week, nights of Asian this, and four nights of Tex-Mex. Yeah, that's usually, yeah. <laughs> um, but so th- some pasta thrown in there every once in a while. But isn't that so similar to just what you just said, though, about the budget? Is it the same thing? Yeah. Is it, it's just 
from a different lens, but it's just like, hey, you want this and I want that. Okay, well, we can't do all of it because, you know, we only needed so many meals in a week. So, so you get what you need and I get what I need and we both end up feeling good about it because, you know, we were both heard. So communication right. is just so critical. What's great about the communication, and it leads to the next part about this, why it's so important, is that both people are bought in to the budget. Like imagine if I created a budget and I was like, and I said, hey, Rebecca, this is what we're doing this month. And, and a lot of people do this. And uh, you don't have any say in it. And this is how I feel the money should be managed. I'm, I'm pretty much being a tyrant, <laughs> which is its own problem in and of yep. itself. How do you, you think you might think you're helping? Oh, yeah, you know, actually, you're, like, I, you're, you're I'm heart, exaggerating. Well, yes. but for a lot of people who a lot of people do this and but um, and it might feel like a tyrant, but your heart's probably in the right place. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just you're trying to show up the way that you can show up. Yeah. But yeah. It, but yeah, go on. Make your point. <laughs> no, no, no. But I th you, you're really good because I, I, I was definitely making it too extreme in that example. And it, it really is like it's probably coming from the good place. Rebecca's busy. I'm making the budget. I'm like, hey. Babe, this or you is... just are stressed about finances, so you're trying to figure it out. Yeah, so I'm like, hey, here's the budget for the month. And mm -hmm. and if Rebecca doesn't get involved, she's going to be less likely to agree with this. Because I'm being told what to do. Right. I'm not able to say my piece and say what I think is important. Um. So yeah, so you're not getting that buy-in, definitely not getting agreement. And that makes it really hard to work towards any shared goals. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that then th that there's just not aligned action. And so the example that I really like to use is like, imagine if you did that at work. Imagine mm -hmm. how silly that would be if you're you know, you're a boss, a manager, have a team that you manage and you come up with this plan, but you don't really you know, get the buy-in of your team. You don't get your staff to understand why is it important and why are we doing what we're doing? Like, If you've ever been in that position, it's so hard to get them to act the way that you need them to act, to do the things that you need them to do because they don't understand, they don't have buy-in, um, and they just feel like they're just being told what to do. And so it just doesn't work in any part of your life when you need other people to agree to what the plan is and to align their actions in that execution. Yeah, I think we can all agree that we don't want to be told what to do. So especially if you're the one, if you're the creator of the budget in the household, you're not letting the other person have have any opinion in it. Kind of think to yourself, how would you feel if that was you? Yeah. In the in those shoes, and you were being told what to do with the money. Like, well, and a lot of people might even act like they're okay with it, but there's still some contention. But but there but that means that there was some sort of agreement, you know, that it's it's created in such a way that there is agreement. Yeah. To begin with. Yeah. So the other thing that I think you hit on that I think is super important. Is that when you're both talking about this, you're creating the budgets together, and it's more than your budget, right? That's mostly what we're going to talk about today, but it's the other financial decisions that are being made. We're talking investments and insurance, all these sorts of things. Right. But the thing of it is, when it comes to your budget, is that it's going to be more comprehensive, therefore more accurate when you're both at the table because you both have different things on your radar. Right. So exactly. I think of things that need to go into the budget that Dylan doesn't and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And some really great examples are that is like Dylan always remembers when the life insurance dues are are due. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, you know, um, and like we've got our community garden plot and that's about to kick up for the season. And so, you know, he keeps reminding me like, OK, you know, don't forget, we've got to pay the garden dues, you know, things like that. And those are things that kind of escape my mind. 
but I'm really focused on the household needs and things of that nature. And so, you know, or if you're a mom, then maybe you're more in tune to the needs of the kids Uh um, or something like that, right? So by both of you sitting down and talking about what's happening in the month coming up, because every month is different, then you're able to actually create a budget that reflects what's going to happen or at least closer to exactly just one person in a silo trying to think of all these things. Right. It, it would be like, you know, me trying to create the budget without thinking about the household things. And and then we get to the end of the month. I'm like, how do we spend so much extra? I can't believe we 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 bought so many extra things for our, our pantry and we had all these toiletries we needed. And, and you're like, yeah, I knew that. It's just having the dialogue of knowing, you know, what's in, and really that concept of just two heads are better than one. Right. Being able to leverage each other's, you know, mental capacity. You see things differently. You know, you're aware of different needs that you have also as an individual. Mm-hmm. I have needs as a woman that you don't. You have needs as a man that I don't. Like there's just that full understanding of what's going on. This is even more important when you're really just getting started. And if you feel really like there's no wiggle room in your budget, then you have to be this granular exactly, um, to see progress. And so if you're feeling like you're just paycheck to paycheck, you can't get out of your debt, all that sort of stuff. Yes, you do have to be this detailed. And you do need both people to sit there and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you're on the same page. Yeah. And this is not a podcast is not a case for why you should be budgeting necessarily. But it's just it's an interesting point that's being brought up. And I don't know if it's been something that we've ever stated before. But you create a budget so there's no surprises throughout the month. I think yeah. is another great example why a budget is important. Not that this is a podcast for making a case for budgeting uh, necessarily. It's how to. But that's just like that's something that just occurred to me. Less surprises and more more understanding and more confidence about where your money's going throughout the month. At least for the things that should be knowns. Mm-hmm. You know, your emergency funds for the things that come up that you really could not have foreseen Mm -hmm. but the kids needing to pay for soccer or you know the oil change is coming up or our life insurance or things like that all of those things can and should be planned for that's not emergency fund stuff that's just your life and so that's yeah exactly i i just totally agree so those are the reasons why it's very very important to be on the same page with your spouse to learn how to budget effectively because it's just going to really be the this is the bedrock of reaching financial freedom. It, it's really the bare minimum for seeing progress with your finances. If you have bigger goals of ever being debt free, of ever being all this stuff, this is the cost of admission. Right. And so if you you have to be able to have these conversations because you're going to have to build on those in the future. So this is really just step one. And there's just no way around it. But a lot of people do have a lot of objections for why they don't need to do this. Of course. I mean, we touched on one already uh, in in the beginning is that it's it's why bother having two people involved with this? We, we're living busy lives. This is a one person job. I'll come up with the budget. And we'll just do it. Well, we'll use what I come up with by myself. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the saying, you know, is it a one man job or a two man job, you know, or, you know, even more, whatever. But budgeting in particular, a lot of people think that, well, only one person needs to do all of this. So let's save some time and whatever. Um, it's just not as effective. Right. When, as we said, like it won't be said, comprehensive. It won't be comprehensive. So that objection, unfortunately, that's just not going to fly. 
So just get that one out of your head. <laughs> There's no other point to be made. Right. I think every every reason why it's important to budget with your spouse is the opposite or is the reason why you shouldn't make this a one person job. Yes. Yeah. Um, another objection that we hear a lot is just, you know, one person isn't interested. Mm-hmm. And that is so the case, I think, in every relationship. There's just always someone who, for some reason, cares a little bit more about what's happening with the finances. I can appreciate this one because, you know, some people just don't really care about money. Like, that isn't their focus. And they're like, hey, like, I work my job, but I really want to focus on other things instead of the finances. And so they kind of like push it off to the side. But by ignoring it, it also creates its own set of problems. And so, obviously. Obviously. And so you really do, it is, I can appreciate the person who doesn't want to deal with the finances and, and, and isn't really interested. But at the same time, until we figure out a better system to run our lives, like, money is a really useful tool. And so you got to you gotta pay attention. And so you, you really do want to be intentional and both people should be involved with your finances here. Maybe you tell yourself that money isn't important to you. And I think that's really common in uh, a lot of faith-based communities and stuff like that, where we understand, yeah, money's not an idol and money shouldn't be the point of life. And like, I respect that, but you still have to be interested in it because it's how you live your life and it's how you are cared for. It's how you afford the things that you need and or want. Uh, it's also how, you know, your spouse is going to have the things that they need or want. It's how your kids have the things that they need or want. So it's just, it's too critical for you to say, oh, I'm just not interested and I want to take a passive approach to it. Whether or not you're naturally interested in it, it doesn't really matter. The thing is, is you have to at least be interested in it enough to make sure that you know, your needs are going to be met. You can communicate what is happening. Because the thing is, is when you just act uninterested, there's a lot of space for miscommunication, for there to be some hidden resentments, some things like that, right? So it's really just learning to have the communication so that you can avoid that reality that can bubble up over time. Another objection that a lot of people have for not budgeting with their spouse is that they kind of budget in their head. Right, the mental math. A lot of mental math. And this is just, individuals do this as well. It's just ineffective. I don't care if you are a rain man. Um, It's just not as effective as sitting down and visually looking at what's going on, looking at your ins and your outs, where your money is going, etc. Now, Maybe you're not going negative in your bank account every month because of it. And maybe things are quote unquote fine. But budgeting in your head, you're just not as good as it as you think you are. And if you want to be financially free, if you want to especially be financially independent, you have to work through that. You have to grow up. Yes. Well, and I would say that if you're doing mental math and everything's fine, if you did a physical budget, things would be even better. So boom. I mean, I just challenge you to think to yourself, think of the past two weeks, how many bills have you paid? How many expenses have you had? And how much money do you have left over? And then you should go look at your bank account and your credit card statements and double check that. And I bet you missed a lot of things. Well, and when you're doing mental math, you're managing money reactively, not proactively. Yes. Another case for the budget. You're making financial decisions based off of how much money you have in your bank account. And if there's not enough there, you're going to quickly just be like, I'll just use my credit card, right? Like decisions like that really tend to be common when people are doing just the mental math. So that objection is just we're going to we're going to cross that one off the list. That's a no fly. And then the other thing you said, Dylan, that I thought was just really powerful is, you know, if things are fine, um, then couldn't they be better? 
Mm-hmm. But one thing that people say for why they don't budget together is because they don't want to mess with what's kind of working because they don't want to risk a fight. Yeah. So they let one person just kind of they kind of take that passive approach and they they just let the person who maybe is naturally more interested take it on simply because they don't have the skill set to communicate effectively. And so they and they know that past experience has said that every time they bring it up, it tends to drift towards an argument. Mm -hmm. And so they just stop talking about it even more and the conversations become less and less frequent. And so that's a big reason why people say, well, we just don't need to budget together because it's always just a problem in our marriage. Yeah. And so then that just that to me signals that, you know, there's there's something worth working through here and that if you guys could figure that out, things could get all the much better for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're making this episode, right? That's why we're approaching finances specifically for the marriage is because we want to help you figure those things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. oh gosh, I'm, I'm maybe jumping ahead again or maybe going back. Why? But like, you know, we've used the team analogy earlier and it just if you're working together, things are so much easier. It's more comprehensive. You've got the support of somebody who's going to help you and problem solve and figure things out. It just, you're, you're actually, you're kneecapping yourself by only doing it as one person or saying it's just fine the way it is. And uh, we can just do the mental math there. It just, it's better on this side. It's better on There's, this side. I hope you can feel what yeah. like I'm saying because I just like I just want that for you, but I can't want it more than you want it. That's for sure. Yeah, you gotta you gotta understand it's good for you. Mm-hmm. But your marriage can be so much better um, by navigating the finances together. Yeah, and there's a reason why I think a lot of relationship podcasts they kind of like bring up money a lot. But they don't necessarily have the financial expertise that we do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this is going to be so cool. I'm just so excited to help people in this way. But OK, so the last objection, though. The final um, objection. The last objection for why you just are not budgeting with your spouse, why you're not interested, is that you can't find the right tool. Yeah, that's an... now now we're talking more excuses. I mean, seriously, though, that just Straight sounds like up. an excuse to me. Straight if you up. can't find the right tool. There's so many tools out there and there might be decision paralysis, but I'll tell you, a budget, any budget is better than no budget. Yes, exactly. It's just such a misconception that there is a quote unquote best budgeting tool. To It, it really is. It's an excuse. It's a stalling tactic. Yeah. Um. So just any budget is better than no budget at all because there's just a sense of intentionality that even comes along with it. So right. yeah, that objection, again, we're just crossing these all off the list. Just- Imagine this big list of just all of these objections and just lines drawn straight through them. Uh, and just to recap, the first objection is it's a one-man job. Why do we both need to be involved? It doesn't need that much manpower. That's one objection, and it's just false. The second one is that one person just genuinely isn't interested, so why would they need to get involved? You need to get involved. If you're not interested, get interested. Listen to these episodes. Find something that's your motivator for why money is important in your life. The next time you want to buy something, remember you should be, that's your motivation. Exactly. So get interested. One person not being interested is not acceptable. Cross it off the list. Third, we do mental math. So we don't use a, a written budget. So how can we budget together if it's just all in our heads? 
false. Just don't. Where's Dwight Schrute? Yeah. False. (laughs) Yeah. Scratch it off the list. Mental math is not how you are intentional with your money. Nobody reached financial freedom or financial independence using mental math. Not even Rain Man. Number four, things are fine. Why mess with it and risk a fight? Okay, yeah, you're probably going to argue about this at first. You're learning. Just think of yourself like you're a little baby. You're learning to crawl before you walk, before you can run. It's going to be a little bit difficult, but it's worth it on the other side. Well, we'll talk about how to avoid this. And we're going to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fifth objection is you can't find the right tool. Again, that just cross it right off the list. Any tool is better than no tool. You just need to start to be intentional. Yeah. Um, so- Actually, I want to make a little plug too, real fast, uh, about how to avoid the fight. Just say, hey, I'd like to figure out how that we could budget together. Make it a invitation an invitation for them the both of you to work together to figure it out like just start there we'll continue that conversation in the future but that that would be a great place to start yes and if you're trying to start those financial conversations with your spouse share this podcast with them let us start the conversations for you yes you know know, just if there's one person to share it with share it with your spouse Okay, so this seems like a perfect place to start wrapping it up for this episode. We have a lot more we want to talk about when it comes to how to budget as a couple, but we don't want to make this an hour-long episode. So we're going to stop it here, and then next week we're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of how to budget as a couple. So make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Brooks. And I'm Dylan Pollock. And and we're we're Red Red Coaches. Coaches.